0: It's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes, and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So stay tuned. Listeners, are you sitting comfortably? And I ask you that because we're about to get very, very beautifully involved in talking about books. And I mean real books, you know, like paper and letters and fonts and covers and everything. And oh, because I've got a lovely guest called Catherine Williams. Her company is Chapter One Book Production, which gives you a clue. Um, And she puts in her little LinkedIn thing, making books beautifully easy to read, which I just love because that's, after all, what should happen. And she also puts virtually unflappable, which I think is what you need when you're working with somebody on a book. (laughs) So, hello, Catherine. Lovely to have you on. Hello, Tricia. Thanks for having me. That's a great pleasure. Tell us more, though, about because. Um, I've just given a very broad overview in a quite a sort of fairly ridiculous way as I tend to <laughs> of what <laughs> you do, but, but just explain in, in a slightly more um, sensible way what it is you do.
1: Okay, um, in a nutshell, I help authors to get their books ready for publication. So that is taking a book from its edited script stage through the design and production process until they've got a print ready pdf that they can upload to whether uh, kindle direct publishing or ingram spark or any other printer that they may be using
0: um Yeah, right. Go, I think I'm just going to check for understanding, which is what we do <laughs> when we're listening properly, listeners. Um, so, edited script. So, that means that they have already probably worked with a proofreader or something?
1: No, um, it means the book has been drafted and revised. Um, and had bits cut out of it and other bits added to it, and it has been professionally edited. Um, right. So, uh, proof, so will... proofreading is a separate stage that comes after the page layout in do a you do book.
0: Proofreading, or is that another? That's another part of the
1: chain. That's another part of the chain. Um, officially, um, I don't do proofreading. Yeah. I'm not. A, I'm not trained to proofread, um, but I have done some proofreading. Yeah. Voluntarily, yeah. Um, recently, so
0: yeah. I would imagine you'd be very good at it. So, yeah, so basically, yeah. it's the it's this lovely, um, it's this bit where,
1: as you say, you make a book
0: look good.
1: Basically, basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what I believe is, you know, uh, every author puts so much effort into writing their book, um, so it deserves to have. Um, a nice layout that isn't going to be distracting for the reader so that you know there's no typographical horrible things and the reader can focus on the content um, and absorb what the author has written rather than being distracted by ugly hyphenation or Mm. um, big gaps and other nasty things Okay. <laughs>
0: Ugly hyphenation. That's great. That's great. I love that. Well, yeah, That's absolutely exactly true. And, and actually let's, let's go right back now. Now we've got, I think everyone's got a, quite a good picture of the bit that you do, which by the way, I'm, I'm saying the bit that you do in a slightly dismissive way, but actually it's like really, really crucial. You, you just said that it's, um, What's that expression, spoiling a, spoiling a pudding for a heap worth of raisins? That's not the expression. <laughs> I, know
1: oh, mean, I know what you mean, that. I know what you mean. <laughs>
0: Thank you for humouring me, Catherine. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, you spend like days making this beautiful cake and then you, you, you think, oh, I've run out of icing sugar. I just put half of it on the top here, you know, or whatever. It, it's just, that's it. Well, what's it, it, the point what yeah. the rest of it? It's lots,
1: yeah. people look at it and think, Mm, no, no. Yeah. No. It's a, it's about the presentation as
0: well. Yeah. yeah absolutely, and really, really important. So, um, and we could actually apply that to lots of other things that we're doing in business. You know, that don't, don't miss out those really crucial bits that can get overlooked because um, yeah. of all the effort you put into it, and it is an effort. So, well, let's work. Let's go back to your evolving story. So, were you were you into books when you were
1: little? oh yeah yeah um used to be one of my very favorite things to do was to go to the library with my mum. we used to make a, a a weekly trip to the local library because my mum was an avid reader and you know she was always an inspiration for um you know when she wasn't working or looking after us or doing stuff around the house she was pretty much you could find her with a book in her hand um So she was a great influence on, on that. Um, you know, but going to the library to choose new books every week, you know, that was a a real treat. And of course, um, I'm not going to say how old I am, but, um, back in those days, (laughs) we didn't have, you know, mobile phones and the internet and all the rest of it. You know, we had a, we had a television obviously that, but, you know, we had, I think, three channels to choose from. Um, so you know reading was um, absolutely a um something that I love to do and you know escaping into the stories and imagining that um you know I was I was Lucy going into the wardrobe and out into Narnia and it, yeah it was wonderful.
0: Do you know that oh you've you've painted a picture because we're probably not far off age and um so for me as well i the library was a big part of my childhood and you you've absolutely taken me back to exactly the the library actually in Guildford. funnily enough i remember it vividly i remember going into it and the shelves and and that moment where you get your book stamped and then you trundle off home with these three or four whatever it is new books and um i also for some reason i always remember the opening um I think it's the opening bit of Jane Eyre is it Jane Eyre where she sits she sits behind a curtain on a in a window seat with a big book that she's found and that image of her escaping because actually Mm. it weren't going too well I think she was being beaten up by a Brother or stepbrother or something sorry not very good detail there listeners um just go and check out the story of Jane Eyre and see where I really <laughs> messed up but yeah. it was just that image and you you got it a lot didn't you in 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 books and things that idea of somebody escaping um the horrors around them by just going into a nice little cocoon with a book and absolutely yeah so did you have do you remember any of your favorite childhood books?
1: Uh, well, certainly the Narnia books—the Line the Witch, and the Wardrobe—that that was a big favourite. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I probably reread that a few times um, and read it to my children as well. Um, how were they? Um, yeah, me too. Absolutely, they la-
0: <laughs> they absolutely lapped it up. Um, so, how do do you remember how books were laid out then, and have they sort of
1: changed over the years? It has changed um, quite a lot. Um, the digital age has you know, made things a lot easier and quicker. Um, my first job in publishing was with a tiny little company, literally five minutes walk from our home. Um, and it was a company that helped authors to self-publish. And this was at a time when self-publishing was really very much denigrated and deemed to be vanity publishing but this particular company um, it it was genuinely providing a service to people who wanted to produce say um, their family history or a local history or a biography or all manner of books that we produce Um, but they literally wanted a hundred copies that they could give away to their family and friends. and it was a real service. Back then, was using a, uh, a program called PageMaker, so we could actually do most of the layout on, on a screen and then print out um, the, the file. Um, but when I first started, what we had to do is, if there was any pictures in the book, we had to leave a space on the page for where the picture was gonna go, and then take the photograph and physically stick it in place so that then we'd have this pile of sheets of paper with the layout and the pictures stuck in place and then those would be taken to the printer and he would photograph each page as it was so what they called camera ready artwork um and then those those photographs of each page would be imposed somehow not quite sure what the printer did with them Uh, and then compiled them into the book in the right sequence um to, to finally produce the book yeah, it is it's quite amazing so um but nowadays obviously um most images come to me in a digital format um so it's just a matter of placing them on the page where they need to go and making sure they stay with the text that they refer to adding so- in captions and all sorts of- <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that's really you've taken. You, gosh, you keep taking me back, Catherine. Because <laughs> I, used to, I used to work in advertising in the late 70s and early uh, well 80s, and um, when that word camera-ready artwork existed. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 and I Gosh! Wow! Yes, all the bits that had to be put together and then and then photographed. Wow! Okay. Yeah. Listen. Sorry, <laughs> we've just we've just gone down reminiscence. And, We're just reminiscing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know for younger listeners uh this is this is quite an interesting journey and and one worth kind of I think thinking about because where we are now and some things might have got might have improved with all the techie stuff but you know there would be elements about I mean some of those lovely books I remember around as a kid with luscious sort of images and and I was just trying to think so we had this kind of Ina Blight and these sort of things uh-huh. and uh, they had pictures and um, then you had the sort of fairy tales with really really elaborate beautiful bits of artwork in didn't you? Do you remember? Yeah
1: yes indeed yeah yeah um, and most of those would have been you know hand illustrated and then yeah and to add into the book it was
0: yeah wow uh, so so as you so you just mentioned that you worked um, that was that was your first uh, dipping your toe into into the publishing world with this <laughs> and wasn't it awful I, I kind of get why it was called vanity publishing but it was a bit mean really I mean yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah a bit of an image um, indeed indeed but, but you're right now no it's would you say that it's just as uh, good that's not that's not a very descriptive word. I mean, have people absolutely lost that kind of image, that uh, stigma of of self-publishing now? Uh,
1: yes, I, I believe they have. Um, self-publishing nowadays is a lot easier to do. Um, and authors who want to self-publish can do quite a lot themselves. Um, I wouldn't say they ought to do everything themselves because... Um, it does take a team of people to produce a book um, and that's you know not only the author but for any photographs, images, illustrations, editing, proofreading, Um, if it's a a business book or a particular kind of non-fiction title it might need to be indexed you know and these are all quite specialist um, areas Um, as well as getting a fantastic cover design so that your book stands out on the shelf um or is looks appealing when you're scrolling on amazon um and the interior layout as well so so we so thinking about books that you like um
0: now as a as a grown-up <laughs> um, <laughs> can you put your finger on what it, it about i mean obviously the story is is the main thing yes but, yeah but can you put your finger on anything else about a, a book that that pulls you in because of to do with its layout
1: and all of that element of it um uh, with non-fiction it's about structure um hopefully the author has you know got in place a good structure already and they've got a clear hierarchy of different levels of headings and their chapter titles um so so my job is to make sure that that structure is clear on the page as well so that the reader can follow it as the author intended
0: mm. i mean i mean when you're reading ordinary books the the font size is a big deal isn't it yep,
1: I mean, it, yep. Is yeah and books. and it's not just the font size either but it, it's um, the font. without getting too technical about <laughs> it um you know the the size is measured in what's called points um so most people if they go into word or whatever they won't change the default font that's that's on there so you might end up with you know 12 point times new roman times new boring as i used to call it (laughs) (laughs) um or i think they use Calibri now or something like that um but there are so many fonts out there. I mean, I've got access literally to thousands of fonts. Um, both on, the give ones it, give that it I've a
0: favorite.
1: well, no, it's probably not favourite, is it? It's it's what's right for it's what? It's what's it's what's right for the for the purpose. Yes. Um, generally, um, my own personal preference is to use um, a serif font for. body text and and a serif is you know it's like the little curly bits um like on the on a letter d for example you've got the little tail at the at the bottom um so that's a serif font so like times new roman um you can see that quite quite clearly and they're generally very readable but i found more recently that a lot of authors actually prefer to have a sans serif so a more um straight if you like Mm -hmm. um typeface um and as long as you choose one appropriately and make sure it's got enough white space around it you know the sans serif can work perfectly well as well um they're definitely better for non-fiction books though i think um, for fiction i'd probably still stick with a traditional serif typeface Mm. maybe using a sans-serif for headings or Mm. yeah
0: Yeah, and definitely not using more than a couple of fonts i
1: guess no um it's it's wise to um keep it simple shall we say yeah um if you end up with i don't know five or six different fonts on the same page it just you know it, it can end up with a bit of a clash and not be very readable yeah um, you know if there's a particular purpose for doing that then then fine obviously if you're demonstrating the difference between um different typefaces um then that's fine yeah. but
0: yeah I mean, that, that's right is there a purpose don't, don't just just don't do it willy-nilly in other words you know? indeed indeed I, mean, yeah. I yeah. it's interesting actually because i've um right so I'll, so, yeah, because I'm, I'm writing a book at the moment. I wonder how many people say that, actually. <laughs> actually I'm writing a book at the moment, at nonfiction. Yeah. And I've been, I mean, this is a good idea for anybody to do, is to look at other books, clearly, you know, and think, well, this works, this doesn't work, this is pulling me in, this makes yeah. sense. Um, and they often have, the nonfiction ones often have, um, I think they're are they called box-outs
1: is that a text? um yes where you've got a, a separate bit of text either in a box or it's in a slightly smaller font or it might be indented on both sides um so yeah um and do you do you think do you agree those those can work again of course it's down to purpose isn't it absolutely yeah yes i mean i've, I've done a few books recently where um, the authors have wanted to highlight particular parts of text it might be a quote um Quite often, it's a, it's a quote from another source, um, so they want to make sure that's differentiated and then to acknowledge the source of uh, what, where that's come from. So, yeah, it definitely can work. It's quite interesting because um, it's a bit like when you do... I'm
0: just thinking there are similarities with when you're preparing a, a talk or a presentation or even a post. It's that, that white space, or in, the, in terms of a talk, it's that breathing space, that... Yeah you know calm moment of not just
1: blabber 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 um it applies to a book doesn't it It totally does yeah yes it totally does um you know if you've got a page that is just text from start to finish all the way down without any you know that might happen in a in a fiction book but in non-fiction you need to break it up with those headings and subheadings and pull quotes or um tables or lists of you know particular points that that the author wants to highlight Um, so so thinking of that then thinking of this structure which is
0: so so important um right so i'll I'll, I'll take you through so i'll be like um well it's not it's not really role play because it's actually for real because i am actually (laughs) writing a book and it's nonfiction. so would you suggest what what would you suggest people start? I know there's lots of things out there like Scrivener, um OneNote, um bloody de blah evernote, da 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 Google Docs. Any any thoughts on how it's so right right from Base Camp, right? I've got the idea, I've got the general I've got the general st- I mean, obviously, number one is what the heck is it I'm trying to say in this book? Who am I trying to say it to? I mean, this applies to everything, doesn't it? And, and, you know, and less is more, probably, is the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got that. I've got that. I've got the general overview of what it is I'm trying to say. And maybe I've even figured out the sort of sections or chapters or whatever. But where would I start chucking this stuff down so that I do it in a way that already gives me structure as I as I begin
1: other than the chapters you mean
0: yeah I mean would I, I mean obviously some people decide I don't know some people hand write but I mean if we're assuming we're on screen on a on on, on some on some platform I mean I have used Scrivener but I, I actually began to find it too complicated, and I lost the plot with it. And it was sinking across all my various things, and then one chapter wasn't sinking with another. There. So, any yeah. thoughts on that?
1: Um, again, keep it simple. Um, your, your basic word document is as good as anything. Um, you can set um what are called paragraph styles to enable consistency um, one thing I would say is please don't put two spaces after a full stop because I'll only take them out again um, <laughs> one, one stop's enough one space is enough That's um,
0: interesting. I never thought of that Did, why do people do that?
1: it harks back to the old days of typewriters cool. when we used to have you know monospaced Courier, you know, you couldn't justify your text. Um, and because every letter took up the same amount of space, it just helped to uh see where the end of the sentence came better. But now that we've got what are called proportional fonts, you don't need two spaces.
0: (laughs) So so that's that's it's a funny little so to make it to make it less time-consuming and annoying for you, because after all, I'm going to pay you more if I've Given you more stuff <laughs> to have you thought. um so would i put for instance so would i put bold in there anywhere when i was doing a subheading or anything or would i what formatting would i use
1: uh you can in essence do as much or as little as you feel comfortable doing um most people know how to use bold and italic and they can just highlight the text and Put bold on it. Um, so that, you know, when I get that word file, I can see already, all right, that bit needs to be in bold and that bit needs to be in italic. Um, but yes, it does help to have some directions um, within it to say mm. the next paragraph in a box, please, mm. or whatever. Um, yeah,
0: okay. And to keep my mind focused and structured um do i use any of the um is it is it like sort of hierarchy you know you get it in do you get it in word you get it in google docs or outline am i thinking of outline mm. you know where you where you're actually going to put chapter subheading uh new page whatever do, do would i use that or not is that getting n- not necessary
1: no not necessarily um generally obviously you'd start a new page off for a new chapter okay um, yeah yeah um, yeah rather than running them on um but other than that i i would generally say to authors you know don't actually worry too much about trying to do a page layout in word um and certainly don't be too perfectionist about it what's important at that stage is actually getting it written yes Uh, Yes. getting your words on the page um and you know the first draft isn't going to be what gets published Um, you know the first the first draft is literally that a draft it's you getting your thoughts and ideas and story actually down on a page and once you've done that first draft you're going to have to go back and revisit every single paragraph every single sentence because they will change excellent
0: that's very good advice because it would be so, such a good procrastination thing wouldn't it yeah, totally
1: <laughs> totally yeah don't get hung up on on laying out <laughs> yeah. your document um, you know so
0: once get... i've done that and i've gone back and i've looked at it again and da, 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 and i've got to a stage where i might now um be be using somebody to edit it before Mm -hmm. coming to you so you work with editors i assume you sort of
1: i can certainly um if somebody you know makes an inquiry and they say okay um I'm, i'm nearly ready with it but i think it needs to be edited then i can i've i've I don't know how many connections I've got on LinkedIn now, about mm. four and a half thousand or something. But um, yeah, certainly a good proportion of them are editors, so I can refer people to editors. Excellent. Um, and then
0: the and then the editor hands over to you. Is that the is that the stage?
1: Uh, well, yes. Obviously, it goes back to the author first to make sure yep. that they're happy with the edits. Yeah. Um, you know, there may be occasionally things that they don't agree with. Or yeah. Um,
0: and, ha- and yeah. how long? So now, we're, so now we're at you. Now you, uh-huh. Catherine, have got my lovely, amazing, best selling nonfiction book on, <laughs> on your desk. And you are going to make it look beautiful and easy to read and um, in all those ways that we've just been talking about. And, and, and objectively as well, because obviously, always that need to hand something over, I think, because you get quite possessive. But do, do you find that with authors? Yeah.
1: Uh, yes (laughs) Uh, yes obviously you know um, somebody's spent a lot of time um, you know it can be literally years working on their book Um, you know it's their baby Um, so it takes a a bit of courage actually I think to say okay I've got it as far as I can and and now I've got to hand it over so um, in a sense you know Think of me as your your book nanny, um, and I'll look after it and nurture it and get it along to the next stage.
0: <laughs> I love that. I really like that. That's I love. I love that's a, such a good image. Um, and uh, I could imagine you being nice and gentle uh, like that, <laughs> but but also <laughs> but also with some sort of strict parameters. Do you ever have to at uh, that stage? Do you ever have to say? Do you ever read a book at this stage um, and think? um this would work much better if this was here and that was there and whatever and and yeah so would you actually
1: say that to an author um not so much on the structure of the book but um just as an uh an example i was contacted last year by a lady um uh who'd had a book designed by a company, um, which probably was a vanity press, to be honest, um, and they went bust. So, um, thank God she had her own ISBN, International Standard Book Number, um, and she was able to retrieve most of the files um, that they had. Um, But what she sent Um, it's a non-fiction book about the relationship between mothers and teenage daughters um, and basically how to improve that relationship (laughs) because it you know it can be a testing time um for both parties um but the layout uh, you know it was quite complex because there was a lot of pull quotes there was a lot of bulleted lists and numbered lists and sections in different styles of boxes um, but what she sent me originally which this other company had done um, the the margins were quite narrow the, it, the text was quite compact um, and there wasn't a lot of space between a block of text and a separate box and it, it just all felt a bit crowded and um, difficult to read um, so I went back to her and I said um are you actually really wedded to this layout because I I think it could be improved <laughs> um so what we agreed to do in the end was that I, I would do a sample chapter for her on how I would lay it out um and well and the and the upshot of that is that um it's, that that's the one project that's nearly finished I'm just helping her finish the cover now um you know she's now got a book that she's happy with yeah um, and it'll be going off to the printers soon
0: it's so important I'm really glad you said that I oh and you just mentioned covers so do you do you also have in your sort of lovely network do you have designers or is it or is
1: it sometimes just a font-based situation uh some covers can be um just font-based yes yeah type only um, but yes i've got um, a lot of cover designers in my mm. network too yeah. um, so i can call upon them to um help with a particular book if if an author you know uh, shall we say wants the whole package yeah. from one source rather than having to you know cover design a proofreader yeah. uh, inside design um, in, from different places
0: actually interestingly on that a lot of books i've noticed um recently have come out with this kind of one or two really short words that's it that yeah nice color nice font that's it is there is there a sort of school of thought on this at the moment in terms of because they used to be more well going back to those children's books and all the Mm. growing up you know as teenagers and whatever there were pictures there were photos there were there was quite a lot going on is there is there a is there a school of thought on what what is more effective, or is it completely down to what you're trying to achieve?
1: Uh, I think it's. I think you know there there are trends in mm. book design. Um, there used to be a, a, a website that I checked in on every now and then, um, which would have um, which would feature certain covers. Um, and what they called copycat covers because they, you know, there was a bit of a trend for uh, a crime fiction book to have a picture of a, a man walking away, um, you know, so uh, pictured from the rear and, and a very sort of grungy um, font used for the title. Um, and there was also a, a, another, Batch of um, what they called headless women <laughs> so, <laughs> um, for uh, all sorts you know. But, but for some reason, it, it, it was a thing where um, you would literally just see their their legs or um, maybe the you know the lower half of the body and <laughs> um, not quite sure why that that one took off somehow. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know th- there are trends, but um, it's it needs to be fit for purpose. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I, I would. Yeah, I think for nonfiction, it is quite nice just to have that clean, quite clean sort of look. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah. So I've got. So I've got to that stage. You've you've made this look beautiful and easy to read, and so. And now we're off to the. Now we're off to the printers, or no, we're, no, because this might just be something you're now going to publish as an ebook, as
1: you say, or a, So now I've got the PDF. Basically, is that. Uh yes, you would have a, a PDF um, and that would go to a printer. For an ebook, it would need to be converted into a ebook format. Um I mean because uh, a PDF it's a like a fixed page layout, whereas an ebook you want it to be what's called reflowable so that it copes with different um sizes of uh you know, whether it's a mobile mm-hmm. phone or a tablet or mm-hmm. somebody's using the Kindle app on their laptop for instance so yeah. it, it it needs to reflow according yeah. to the yeah. size of the um, but this is thing, really thing
0: but you take it up to that to that stage don't you? so th- this is quite uh-huh. this is almost the last stage in the process
1: yeah pretty much um, for printed books obviously the, the printing and distribution needs to happen um, I generally I advise my clients to have their own accounts with uh kindle direct publishing or and or ingram spark who are the main print on demand suppliers oh that's
0: interesting i've not heard of them i know all about kindle direct publishing in all about it but you know ingram spark okay yeah, yeah. 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 right
1: good um, um, they, they yeah. basically do everything that's not amazon <laughs> 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 um yeah um and it's
0: interesting now you can have as you say on-demand printing so so if you want um in business if you're thinking right i want to have so many copies to take to you know in the future world to events um uh, and you don't want a whole massive print run it's useful isn't it that Uh,
1: totally yes yes Uh, you know there's no point ordering 500 books straight off if you're not sure that you're actually going to sell 500 books
0: yeah
1: um, gone, gone so are the
0: days of dusty piles of books and indeed
1: that. indeed you know i mean even you know some of the uh, traditional publishers are, uh, you know they're not having to do these massive print runs mm-hmm. and then store the books in in various storage facilities and then getting yeah. them sent out from there to amazon and from amazon out to the reader so you know it's a lot more whole stream, new world streamlined
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and as a this is a stupid question it's a bit like how long is a piece of string um but from the moment I sit down now to really get my act together writing this book okay to the moment that I see it in a beautiful uh, printed copy or as an ebook, how how long would I be how realistically how long do you think that process would be
1: from starting to write, yeah, yeah. Uh, it depends. That's yeah, that's, that's my stock answer to pretty much every question. It depends. Um, Imagine, well,
0: let's say that I've got the concept, I've got the idea, I've even got a sense of the, of the sections, the chapters. So I'm not completely going from figuring out the concept. Mm-hmm. So I'm no, no, at okay. that stage, I am literally about now to start putting this in a flow that makes sense. So from there to there um if i was also trying to run a business at the same time so
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um it still depends Um, it it depends how how disciplined (laughs) you are going to be about writing Mm -hmm. every day you know set yourself a target so even if it's 500 words a day but you're going to do that religiously every week every day until you've got your first draft done um, you know an, an average non fiction book is, is probably going to be 40 to 50000 words maybe more um, some books are a lot longer um, not long finished one that was 130000 words so um, <laughs> yeah um, so yes I'm and no now good, i'm trying uh, to do the maths in my head <laughs>
0: <laughs> going leave me with that mathematical equation like that's it it's just a load of numbers now uh, but but I would say I and the reason I'm asking this question is a realism injection um into yeah. people because I think it's very easy to get enthusiastic and think yes 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 Oh look oh look everybody's doing books and and it's clearly a great way of visibility and credibility and all the rest of it I don't think any of us do it thinking we're going to make a fortune. I think most of us no. in business do it for thought leadership and credibility and visibility, all those lovely things, which is a perfectly good reason to do it, but you've got to, I think be realistic about two things. One is the time, the discipline, and two is the cost, because yep. I don't think you
1: can do this I don't think you can do this for pennies. I think this is You yeah. definitely can't do it for pennies um, if you're going to do it properly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think people who've tried in the past to do it for pennies have ended up being criticised rightly for their book being strewn with errors, Mm -hmm. um, which could have been sorted out. Um, So, you know, if you want your book to be something that, uh, like you say, shows your credibility shows your expertise Um, if you want to get out onto the speaker circuit um, you know virtually now or you know at conferences and such like we're able to have them in person again um, it it, it needs to be done properly and and personally I think you shouldn't be able to tell the difference between a book that is self-published and a book that has been traditionally published Um, and you can't do that cheaply unfortunately <laughs> yeah. right
0: if i was to ask you for um don't worry i'll edit this out if if you can't answer it <laughs> <laughs> if i was to ask you for a, i think we call it ballpark figure mm-hmm. um, um of for a non-fiction book of you know say forty thousand words um nothing no extra fancy bells and whistles um from you know from beginning to end if i was going to do it blinking properly with the editing and the proofreading and the design um your bit and you know and the printing etc i mean you know if i was thinking like right, this is a business investment and i need to be putting aside x pounds i think we're putting 3 noughts after it aren't we
1: yeah yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I've actually got a, a an article on LinkedIn about how much does it cost to produce a book so I, I might or refer I'll refer put, your listeners to yeah, that refer
0: uh, us to that I'll put a link to that in the show notes because that, that is, doesn't but I, but I think we've at least put that realism injection in there that we're not yeah, yeah. 150 quid we're not we're not talking four weeks you know we're this is a major if you what is the blinking point of doing this if you're not going to do it well it's a complete weight because you will waste money and time yes, you yes. still have spent money um and it just and it will be down the drain um so imagine this on a on somebody's shelf in 10 years time and you'd feel proud that they'd still got it on your shelf and it wasn't in the charity shop <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There we go. that was, that was quite profound, Tricia. What, <laughs> so what is
1: your favourite book now and your favourite author? Go on, give us a tip. My it's hard to choose a favourite book, isn't it? Um Impossible. but one one of my all-time favourites is Rebecca by Daphne Du Maurier, um, which was actually published over 80 years ago now. Um, which is amazing. Um and and is it and, and it's those opening lines, isn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, totally. Oh. Last night I dreamt I went to Mandalay again, oh. and and I'm and I'm down there. I'm in Cornwall, and and seeing this edifice and the and the ruins. <laughs> um, oh yes Love
0: it. oh we have to end on that because i want everybody now to go out and read rebecca if you haven't read it it's an absolute classic please please go and read yeah. it we've got a little bit more time on our hands at the moment we're in a slightly odd world a very strange place if you're isolating if you're really isolating you know books books are food really um no no you can't eat a book but you know what i mean that for, for your soul yeah. nourishment yeah. for your soul and rebecca Definitely. Is such a gorgeous place to escape to. It's not all gorgeous, I might add. Well, no, it's not.
1: No, it's not. Um, (laughs) No, no. it's not soppy. Um, So, no, I I think Daphne du Maurier um, was really ahead of her time. She was writing psychological thrillers before they became such a popular thing. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you know
0: that bringing people in, like Catherine just described, how she is there, she's absolutely there. Actually, we should be doing that with nonfiction as well, shouldn't mm. we? Yeah, I think
1: so. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, bring people in with an example, a story. You know that you, you, it doesn't have to be dry. Nonfiction doesn't have to be dry.
1: Not at all. No,
0: not at all. No. no. So on that lovely note, tell us uh, where people. Where, where do you like people to get in touch with you would, would it be linkedin by any chance
1: um, oh it might be linkedin yeah no that that's um my number one social platform shall we say um yeah. that's where i'm most active yes yeah.
0: so Kath, Catherine williams um with a c Catherine with a c yes katherine with a c <laughs> on linkedin uh, or presumably chapter one book production is the sort of google search people would do for your website but
1: yes indeed um i should be at the top of the list if they search on chapter one book production
0: excellent excellent i hope so you definitely should be at the top of the list you should be at the top of everybody's list and you will be at the top of my list um uh and hopefully the banks will be giving loans like nobody's business <laughs> so i um, i i plan to invest properly in this book because yeah, I think that's a really important lesson for us all. Um, and a job worth doing is worth doing properly, and various other metaphors. I started off talking about hate worth of tar or something. So, uh, but this has been. I, I love that. I love talking about books. Don't you? Do you like talking? Oh, about totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, I hope our listeners have liked listening to us talking about books. And go read Rebecca and get connected with Catherine because she's such a useful resource so thank you very very much Catherine. this has been a delight
1: yeah my absolute pleasure Tricia. thank you for having me again. Yes. take
0: action try this one small well step. i don't think it matters whether you're writing a book or not i think you can still take this action and that is to look at all the stuff you're putting out there from emails to posts to your website and say is this easy to read?
1: Does it look
0: good? And just maybe add some white space, change the font. Think about it in Catherine's way. lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be
1: reckless. Never.